RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour, episode 102. I'm your host, Tim Loy. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Watson. we got Greg Hopkins on the line with us tonight, and we've got a stacked episode. We're going to be recapping the UFC 234 pay-per-view as well as our picks for such. Uh, we'll touch base on the Bellator Newcastle card as well. Corey Browning picks up the uh, another upset win uh, out there over Aaron Chalmers. Uh, and then we'll also look into both Bellator cards this weekend. We've got Bellator 215-216 as well as the first UFC on ESPN proper card, which is a big one in my opinion. It's, it's much better than the card we got last week for pay-per-view. And, uh, and, of course, a whole host of interviews that we're going to get to first. We're going to be talking to uh, Christina Roadhouse-Ricker, who's making her Invicta debut uh, Friday night. We're going to talk as well to one half of the Valor 56 main event, Nick Overblood Martino, before he takes on Slick Nick Gertz. And we're also going to touch base uh, right now with Chase Boutwell, uh, a former UMAP amateur national champion, a world qualifier, uh, all-around studly prospect. So let's get on to the line now with Chase Boutwell. All right, first up on the line, we have got one of the very top amateur prospects in the in the entire world, uh, Chase Batwell, on the line with us. Uh, Chase is uh, our current Valor champion. He's also uh, you know a national champion multiple times for UMAF, gone to the IMAF Worlds, and and really just picked up uh, all the accolades you can imagine just about as an amateur, uh, ten and one. Uh, Chase, how's it going tonight, man? We appreciate you taking a few minutes. It's going well, man. Uh, just taking some downtime and. Enjoying life as, you know, a little bit of a regular citizen rather than a fighter. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, you're 20 years old. You know, you should you should still be, you know, while that is obviously uh, kind of part of the uh, attraction for you is that you're so, you know, you're so young and so and but still so salty already. You don't want to just, uh, you know, miss out on these these your your years that you should be enjoying at the same time. man. so make sure you take some free time too and enjoy enjoy these years. Don't let them get away from you because uh, you'll regret that, I think. So the, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been going on lately, man. It, uh, you're coming off of a decision win over uh, a guy named Corey Champion, who I'm not familiar with, but I see his record is really, really good. Um, and that was on the first ever uh, Donald Cerrone's uh, Cowboy Fight Series up in Virginia. It's just been about two weeks or so, now maybe closer to three weeks now. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that experience. You know, what was it like fighting on the Donald Cerrone's first promotion? Talk a little bit about the fight from the little bit that I was able to read about it. I wasn't able to watch it, but from the little bit I was able to read about it, it sounded like it was really, really close. Yeah. So uh, just to start off, it was, it was really nice. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, um, professionalism that they had. Uh, the weigh-ins went real smooth on time. Actually, one of the amateurs missed weight, and uh, you know how big of a deal that is. Mm-hmm. You know, often that happens. But uh, instead of even asking the opponent if he wanted him to cut, they made him cut immediately. They didn't even ask the guy. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they didn't. It wasn't a choice for them not to, you know. So that was cool. Um, it was real, real cool, man. Seeing Donald Cerrone, that was awesome. Fighting in front of him, and then, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it for about how, you know, it was Ram. But the fight itself, uh, yeah, man, it was super close. Um, one thing that they, I don't know if they said it about him, but 
uh, Corey was actually a state champion wrestler too. So that was a big feat, but it was real close, man. Um, I wanted to take advantage of the pro rules. So <clears throat> for about the last two or three weeks of camp, we really harped on the elbows and that's what I believe won me the fight in the first round. Um, the striking was real close. Um, it was a lot of cage work and I cut him open in the first round. He took me down, uh, the last 10 seconds or so, but, and, and where people say it was close. Um, it just depends on how you view the view, what like you score a fight as, do you score it as damage or do you score it as, um, I don't even know if I call it control. Um, if, if you take somebody down and then get stood up for stalling, right. I don't know, but, um, as far as the fight goes, Matt, I believe I won. Some people had opposite opinions, but as far as far as damage and an actual fight in the first round, you know, I, I gave him he had to get stitches, but uh, in the second round, I landed more significant strikes. Um, I was trying to take my time and really set it up and put myself in a pro atmosphere because I understand when you go to the pros, you can't just go out there and <clears throat> just get the brawl and you got to set things up. So that was a little bit of a of a difference in this fight what I usually do, and. Um, so that, that's about it, man. So, you know, of course, uh, this has been a busy year for you. You you came up and defended your title uh, up here with us. You, you won the conflict title over a tough Jacob Romano uh, at the end of last year. Um, and, but before that, uh, you, you've gone over and did uh, the Worlds again uh, for the second year in a row, if I'm not mistaken. This was your second year doing the Worlds, wasn't it? Uh, no, I actually didn't go do the Worlds this time, the second Worlds. Oh, Really? I, was, yeah, I don't know why I thought why I thought that. Oh, I'm crazy. Was to, I was supposed to be going and everything. It was supposed to be a done deal. We paid for all the all the flight and everything, and then about two weeks before, it got canceled. Something about the Chinese government not getting the sanctioning body they needed. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, man. Yeah, so that that was, is insane. Yeah. Well, you um, learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. So okay, well then let's we'll change course a little bit. You know, you, you're kind of a guy that is uh, that it, you know in this area has kind of been your calling card as of late. I'd say the last year and a half or so, you've been uh, competing on the international stage, taking on all comers, knocking them off. The only your only loss was to a guy that ended up winning the whole the whole world championship, and you lost the decision to him. Um, you know, and do you feel like um, you know all this international competition and going around and you know facing pretty much the very best amateurs? in the world obviously has to have you uh, feeling like you're, you know, more better prepared than you would be without doing that to, to face pros. Um, you know, talk a little bit about where you stand with all that it is our, you know, you've got a great coach in Bubby Mitchell that is not going to rush things along, but at the same time, um, you know, uh, there's only so many more amateur accolades that you can pick up. Uh, talk a little bit about that, you know, where you stand in, in that transition. Uh, as of right now, man, we actually made a decision that that was going to be my last amateur fight. So, um, but as far as getting all the experience, yeah, man, uh, as far as taking the fights up, you know, that's, that's something you have to do. I think you have to fight as an amateur until you lose because, you know, you kind of want to know not your limit. But I, for me personally, it's just getting to a point where you got to understand that training has to be at a certain level every day because there's guys who are on that level. You know, on the regional circuit, you get guys who just aren't that skilled. But once you go to the, the upper echelons of amateur MMA, man, you know, those guys are pros. So, you know, if, if I can beat a guy like that who's, you know, from Kazakhstan or not beat him, but have a competitive fight with him, you know, 
getting edged out, but knowing the level of what it can be is kind of half the battle, just knowing what you're going to be up against, knowing like to, to mentally prepare for. That's the biggest thing for me, so that's what that gave me. And, yeah, so I feel a little more prepared than somebody who hasn't done that, you know, you could say. It's one of the worst. It's one of the worst mistakes guys can make is is going out there beating a bunch of scrubs and not ever really getting pushed before they they make that leap. And then once they they've made that leap, they start seeing the ramp up in competition, and there is no, you know, going back to fine tune things at that point. You've uh, you know you, you've made your bed kind of. Uh, we've got Greg Hopkins on the line with us as well. Uh, Greg, what you got for Chase? We lose no, Greg. I can't hear you. What now? I just threw it to you. I just threw it to you for Chase. I'm sorry, man. Now my phone's my phone's jacked up right now. I can barely hear y'all out of my all out of my earpiece. So, uh, no, man, you basically touched up everything I wanted to ask Chase. I was just curious to know what uh what uh, Donald Cerrone had to say to you after your fight. Um, right after the fight, uh, I don't remember too much. I know he said, uh, um, like long story short, uh, pretty much just um compliment how we're both like me and another guy were 20 years old. You know, he, he touched on that, but um, he said he's going to give us $500 towards our next uh, paycheck for for our pro fight. He nice. said whatever that is, not the next fight, but our first professional fight. But um, he said $500 on that. Um, he invited us out to the ranch, which I still got to figure out how to get all that situation. But uh, um, And there was one other thing I'm forgetting. Oh, he offered to uh, guide us towards our management, which I guess just means kind of grandfather is in somewhere so I'm not, I'm not really sure you know i'm just taking a guess right now but sure he said uh yeah but well, you still, know yeah you get multiple opportunities though it's awesome yeah, and honestly, this sport is is all about you know those connections. Is is it's who you know, it's who it's who it's who your management knows, and uh, and things like that. So uh, obviously, to have uh, you know the backing and the endorsement, if you will, uh, from Cowboy, uh, certainly can't hurt. Yeah, man, exactly. The big name like that, especially right now, man. Oh yes, oh yes. So, uh, so you're taking some time off. You said, is there, is there anything in the works? You said, you know, this is the last time that you're going to fight as an amateur. So the next time we see you, I guess it'll be as a professional. Is there, are you going to take a little bit of a, a you know, a, a hiatus to get ready to make that jump? Uh, or, you know, is it going to be something we see in the next few months or is it going to be longer? You know, we're get us caught up there. Uh, man, as far as, uh, I'm still, I got back in training the last week, the end of last week. So I'm still training. Um, but as far as the fight goes, uh, I don't know yet, man. I want to fight. I'm ready to fight again. I'm itching. But uh, I think in the next couple of months, you guys are team with the pro circuit. Um, I don't know. I haven't had any talks about a fight or anything yet, or even about the management. I kind of just told myself I, want, I don't want to think about anything like that right now. But, you know, sure. gearing back up towards it. So, definitely, uh, I don't want to stay stagnant. I, I want to fight again. So, um, the next couple of months, y'all will see me. Awesome, man. Well, now that I know that, I'll definitely be in contact with Bubby and see if we can't get some things uh, in the mix here for the spring. Uh, before we let you go, man, I'm gonna give you uh, I'm gonna give you the floor to give some shout outs where they're due. Any sponsor love, training partners, uh, you know, you know the you know the the routine. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Uh, first off, I want to give shout out to my uh, my sponsor Elstom on uh, Precise Road, uh, Basic Jane. Uh, to my sparring partners, uh, Homer Mangrum really stepped up this past camp and uh, worked with me whenever I needed them. Um, my mom and dad, uh, my gym, Bubby Mitchell, uh, Quentin, and uh, uh, another uh, Valor Fight uh, veteran, uh, Moon Cosme, he helped me out a lot too. A moon, uh, yeah, we love a moon. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, you'll know about this camp too. Very good, man. It is very nice to catch up with you as always. Keep us posted on what you got coming up. And who knows, we may see you back in that Valor Cage here in 2019. Uh, once again, this has been one of the absolute top prospects in the whole world, uh, especially, you know, for, for on the amateur circuit. Chase Batwell, thanks so much for the time, Chase, and we'll be talking to you again real soon, buddy. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you later. All right, up next on the line, we've got one half of our main event for the big March 1st card coming up. It's Valor 56 going down to the Cotton Eye Joe, Knoxville, Tennessee. It is Nick Overblood Martino. Nick, how's it going, my man? Doing great. How you guys doing? Man, really excited to have you on. We're doing really well. Uh, appreciate you taking awesome. a few minutes of your time. And uh, let's talk about this uh, this main event you got coming up. You got a, you got a good one coming up against Slick Nick Gertz. Um, he's been out of action for a couple of years. A guy, he, he's a guy that was, uh, you know, a, high, a pretty highly touted prospect around these parts for a while. Um, it, he has been, man, I'd, I'd have to look to see when the last time he fought was. But it, it feels like it's been a year and a half, give or take, at least. More than a year for sure. And, um, you know, so he's coming back and uh, and, and he's going to have a tough test on his hands and, and yourself who, uh, you know, you've been on a little bit of a roll. You're coming off a, your last MMA win. Uh, you beat Jordan Weeks. And, uh, you know, you're a guy that we've seen on, on our circuit for, for years now. Always a very exciting style. You know, whenever we talk about Nick Martino, then you always talk about an exciting fight because you've got such an exciting uh, striking style, uh, lots of crazy kicks, weird angles. You know, you flick that little hook kick out there like a jab, and it's really uh, it's really fun to watch. So, uh, you know, talk a little bit about this match you've got coming up here with uh, Nick Gertz, where where you think you've uh, got to watch out and where you think you've got some advantages, maybe. Oh, I'm honestly really excited to fight Nick. Um, I've, I've known about him for a long time. Yeah, I think the first time I ever – uh, saw him compete. I believe it was when I fought Eli John Kane do for a title back as an amateur. I think oh, uh, yeah. Gertz was fighting. I think he was doing like a grappling super fight uh, on that same card. And um, you know, my dad and I had talked, kind of joking, like, "Man, I'm gonna, I'm, we're gonna meet one day, whether it be in a jujitsu match, whether it be in an MMA match." Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've known about him for a while. I followed his career. He's one of the funner fighters to watch. Um, I really enjoy watching him compete. He's one of those guys that he just goes out there to have a good time, and that's kind of the same mindset that I, I really have at this point in my career is. I don't really care much about the wins or the losses. I want to go out and put on a show. And that's kind of the way that Gertz tends to compete. I know he's really, I mean, they call him Slick Nick for a reason. He's got a very, very uh, high-level ground game. Um, obviously, I, I'm known as more of a striker. I've spent time training with guys like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I have that, you know, fifth-degree black belt in karate, second-degree black belt in taekwondo. Uh, I, I think a lot of people do tend to underestimate my ground game. Um, I, I just came off that fight with Jordan Weeks, and, and uh, he's a very high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner himself. Um, but I really was never in a whole bunch of submission trouble. I actually had him in more submission trouble, to be honest. Uh, so I, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for over 10 years. Uh, obviously, there's always a chance you can get caught in something. Uh, but going into this fight, uh, you know, I, I need to be smart, make sure I don't fall into anything stupid. I know Gertz likes to play the leg lock game, but I, I trained with Ryan Hall when, when he was training down with Wonderboy. Right, right. Um, I've, been up to, I've been up to 50-50, stayed at Ryan's house, trained with him quite a bit. So... Uh, if it goes to the ground, um, you know, I feel that I have enough experience to, to be able to handle myself there. Uh, and uh, just, you know, just got to watch out. Don't do anything stupid. But I think it's going to be a really fun fight. I think it's going to be a chess match. I think the fans are really going to enjoy it. I got to agree, man. And, and and I like how you said that. You guys are both guys that like to have fun in there. And that's very obvious in the way you fight. You guys are both always 
having a good time. You're smiling, you know, you're, you're talking, you're, you're, you're enjoying the moment and putting on a good show. I can't recall uh, a Nick Martino fight ever that I've just been like, man, I'm, I'm going to go back here in the back and smoke a cigarette or something because this is, you know, this, I'm, this my interest is not peak. No, I mean, it's the exact opposite. I'm always like, I, I want to get to the cage because I know this is going to be a good one, you know? So uh, props to you there. And you know what, man? Uh, I also like how you said that, you know, you've got a sneaky ground game, but you're known more to be a striker. And, and that can, that can be said about both of you guys, I think, because uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Nick, known to be uh, a slick submissions guy, but you know he's all, a guy that is boxed for for quite a while, and he's got he's got pretty good boxing on top of it. If he has to fall back on it, you known as a striker, uh, known as a striker with uh, you know the the karate background and 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 having uh, you know the kicks like you do. But again, you've got a ground game you can fall back on. It's not like you haven't submitted anyone, you know. So it's exactly. really a, yeah. a, a well rounded uh, two well rounded guys yeah and, and the thing about Gertz, like you cannot you cannot sleep on his striking i mean i remember that flying knee knockout that he had i forget which fight it was but i mean he it made all kinds of highlights all over the internet and everything so you, you can't you can't blink when you fight Gertz. i mean he's going to he's going to come in for the, for the submission game he's going to come in with high level striking too um and and you know it's the same for me it's one of those that I, i'm more known as a striker but you know you don't definitely don't sleep on my jiu-jitsu Greg Hopkins as always joins me. Greg, what you got for Nick Martino? You've been uh, been there for several of his fights. You uh, called his last fight at the Coliseum, which was an absolute war. Uh, yeah, what you got? Out, uh, just like you both guys, just both y'all said, y'all touched everything on base and everything, and uh, I couldn't have said it any better than him. It's going to be an exciting event. I mean, the main event, it's going to be. Gertz and Marino, it's going to be fun. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, Nick, Martino. You, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Oh, go ahead, man. I'll just say his name. I like it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Martino is like an awesome fight name, too. I gotta say. Uh, so, yeah, so no, Nick, uh, heritage there. <laughs> have you changed anything up for training here uh, for for this one? You know, uh, as we you, you mentioned that you've trained some with Ryan Hall. Is that a guy that you're getting some time in uh, for this particular camp, knowing the you know the style that you're facing? Um, I haven't been able to get up to Ryan's for this particular camp, unfortunately. I've just recently opened up my own gym here in Hendersonville, North Carolina, so I yeah, have a lot that. of my focus. Uh, it's, yeah, it's going fantastic. It's actually it's put me in a really good headspace, e- even as far as the fighting goes. This is, I mean, I, I love teaching. That's really my, my primary passion. It's been great because I've been able to kind of enjoy fighting more. It's, 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 it's taken a lot of the pressure off me, and I've just been able to go out and have a good time with it. Um, but there, there's a couple of really good guys in the area. I'm working a lot with Johnny Buck. Um, and he's got that catch wrestling style, those leg locks, and uh, I've been working with him. Um, he's got that 10th planet jiu-jitsu, and that, that's actually kind of where I – that's what brought me into jiu-jitsu. I, kept, I was a karate guy, and all these wrestlers would take me down in class, and I saw rubber guard on, on some YouTube video. And I thought, oh, I'm flexible. I can do that. That'll work. So I developed a really good guard because all these wrestlers kept taking me down, and uh, I started to study more and more of this 10th planet jiu-jitsu, and uh, that's, that's kind of what ended up – really sparking my interest in jiu-jitsu in the first place was 10th planet so um being able to get up with him and work with those guys has been fantastic and i've just been honestly the, my main focus for this camp is just really improving myself as much as i can as a martial artist it's one of those that you know i, I don't like to go into a fight training for one thing specifically i just wanted i want to leave trying to become a better fighter period uh if, if i if i can walk out of the cage knowing i'm better than i was yesterday then, then i've accomplished something 
Now, a lot of people uh, don't know that Nick is a, is a man of many talents uh, beyond that of just uh, kicking heads off shoulders. Uh, he is uh, quite quite the uh, quite the impersonation or uh, expert, I would say, man. He, uh, he's, uh, he's he has fooled me a couple times. And I and I uh, and I told your dad when I was setting this thing up, I was like, make sure Nick's got some some good impersonations queued up. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> And uh, I want you to cut a promo. Uh, I want you to cut a promo on this fight with Nick Gertz, and I'm going to let you pick who who you use. But uh, let's let's, uh, let's have at it here. All right. So first things first. This is Matthew McConaughey, and I just got to say right now, it's about the time for me to take my shirt off. All right. <laughs> that's that's why everyone wants to go to the fight. That's the primary reason that everyone's going to go to the fight is to see Matthew McConaughey absolutely <laughs> shirtless. Now, Nick Overblood Martino versus Nick Gertz. This is going to be an absolutely fantastic fight. These guys are going to be fighting absolutely ferociously. You're going to have great jiu-jitsu. You're going to have fantastic striking. And I got to tell you right now, as a boy from Texas, let me tell you right now, MMA is a fantastic sport. Valor Fighting Challenge always puts on a fantastic show. In this main event, the Battle of the Knicks, right? The Battle of Nick Martino versus Nick Gertz is going to be a fantastic performance. You do not want to miss this one going to be it's going to be sweet man it's going to be fantastic let me tell you that right now <laughs> love it man love it greg what do you think how do you do I, I, I didn't. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, he had me fooled one time. Like, I thought legitimately that he had Matthew McConaughey, like, cut a promo for his fight. It was it was that, that freaking good, no doubt. <laughs> we appreciate the time, Nick. It. Before I let you go, I want to let you give you uh, give your shout-outs for their due. Training partner, sponsor love. Uh, you know the routine. I uh, want to thank all my all my teammates, everyone uh, here at Combat Performance, uh, all the guys that are at Combat Athletics, and all the guys that have been helping me out at Road Combat. Um, I want to thank my sports psychologist, Kristen Keem. She's been fantastic, uh, helping me train my mind for all these fights. Um, Hazard Inks here in uh, Hendersonville, North Carolina, is one of the best tattoo parlors ever. Those guys are sponsoring me for this fight. I've also got Militia Fitness uh, in Flat, uh, Flat Rock, North Carolina, or uh, sorry, uh, Arden, North Carolina. They they do a, such a fantastic job of uh, getting me prepped and conditioned and ready to go. Um, as far as my cardio, my strength and conditioning, um, you know, everyone is just super supportive. My wife, my dad, um, everyone that, uh, all the fans that want to come out and see me fight. I know that, uh, like you said, I fought for, you know, for Valor quite a bit. I've established kind of a fan base in Tennessee. It always surprises me. I'll go to these shows and I'll meet people that I've never even seen before in my life. And they'll walk up to me, Oh, you're Nick Martino. I'm like, I didn't even realize I had such a fan base down there. So I, I love these people coming out and, wanting to watch me put on the show. So it, it, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure. It's been Nick over Blood Martino. You catch him in the main event, Valor 56. It's going down on March the 1st at the COD 9. Joe is going to be taking on Slick Nick Gertz. It's a battle of the Knicks. Someone's going to come out of there victorious. Someone is not, but it's going to be fun no matter what. I, I guarantee you that. Thanks so much for the time, Nick. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it so much. All right. Up next on the line, we have got Christina Roadhouse Ricker. She's getting ready to make her Invicta debut. That's very exciting. Uh, coming up just in a couple days, I guess, when this thing drops, it'll be tomorrow. She'll be getting ready to weigh in um, for her, her Invicta debut. She's taking on Caitlin Sammons uh, at Bantamweight. Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the Valor Hour. How are you this evening? Oh, fantastic. Good to hear from you, Tim. Um, yes. It's actually announced as a Bantam, but it is a flyweight. 
Oh, it's a flyweight. Okay. I, well, I was using topology and it's faulty. So flyweight. Okay. Well, that's better. That's better for you. Um, so, uh, you know, I know this is a short notice, uh, opportunity that came your way. Uh, you just picked up a win, uh, at Valor 54, uh, which was at the Coliseum in January. Before we get into this one, let's, uh, let's recap that one. Uh, you picked up a win over a very tough Haley Turner in a fight that was really super close. Uh, talk a little bit about that win and, uh, and the, and the quick call, the quick turnaround uh, to get this uh, this fight with Invicta. If, if I'm not mistaken, you had this thing signed like a week or less after after that win. Oh no, yeah, it was less. Um, that fight was fantastic. It got, I mean, it got me so jazzed. I was really excited. Um, it was an all-out war. Haley was phenomenal. Um, good sportsmanship. Good team player. Really enjoyed having her in the cage with me. Um, but we, I was. Thrilled with our like my performance, um, my listening skills, the coach sticking to the game plan. It all it all worked out. What, what do you know? If I just listened, <laughs> it all worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you're you're someone that I, I brag about a lot in just your evolution over the past, I would say, year, maybe just a hair over a year. But I mean, you've become so, so much more tighter in your technique. And, uh, you know, you've always been a ferocious competitor and tenacious and come forward. But in the past, it seemed a little more wild. Now you seem like you're really more things are just so much tighter. Uh, you know, what would you attribute that to uh, a and uh, and B uh, follow that up kind of with, uh, you know, your preparation? It, in the short time for this, for this, this fight, obviously you haven't had enough time in between fights to really adjust a whole lot. Uh, is it a situation where you just kind of went, you know, just kept camp going? Like, you know, you had your fight in the middle of camp and you just kind of kept that up. It was, um, it's actually slightly funny because Eric texted me. It was just, I mean, cause you diet and you cut weight. And so we have a lovely week called Chub week after the fight where you just eat whatever and you drink whatever. Cause you know, you earned it. Um, so he texted me in Chub week. And he said, hey, how fat have you gotten? <laughs> and I was like, well, Eric, I am well on my way. And he said, well, stop. Put down the wine, which I was drinking wine at the time. Um, so I put it down, and he said, we had a fight at 125. Um, this camp is kind of the opposite of what I did last time. Uh, so in a lot of ways, it's just been a lot of intense drilling sessions with Coach. Like, we've broken everything down. It was an hour of wrestling, an hour of boxing, an hour of kickboxing, and we just went at it really hard, really fast. Um, a lot of repetition. Um, I've been in the gym probably double what I have like the past couple weeks um, preparing for this fight and just getting it in my head, this game plan and how we're going to operate here. Um, and then also I've had to take an extensive amount of time in recovery with a quick turnaround. So I did a lot more in terms of recovery. Um, as in like cryotherapy and things like that, which was kind of newer for me. I, I'm stubborn about taking care of my body, which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you, you know, you've got uh, obviously a, a tough matchup coming up with Caitlin Sammons. Talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about uh, the matchup. You know, I'm not real familiar with her. I guess I should have done a little better job on my homework with her leading up. But what can you tell us uh, about her and and the, and, the, and the matchup kind of, if you will? You know, what kind of style uh, matchup uh, does she bring to the table? Um, I believe her background is primarily in wrestling. Um, we were prepared for that. Um, she went through, I forget what promotion it was, um, a tournament to win this contract with Invicta. Um, so this has been like her fight for Invicta, um, has been like worked hard for. She went through several different gals, climbed the ranks, 
won the tournament, got the contract. So I know she's really hungry for this. I know this is something like, this is not just some whim of a thing. She's worked her ass off for this. Sure. Um, so I feel like she's really going to come in intense and ready to make a name for herself, um, especially after all the work she put in. You know, we got to work together on this last Valor card at Cotton Eye Joe. You did commentary with us uh, for the entire evening. Uh, talk a little about that. Was that, that was some fun? I, I, I thought you did a great job considering we could really not hear. We had to become very good lip readers that night because we couldn't hear each other talk. We're just like yelling into the microphone because it's so freaking loud. Oh, it, oh my gosh, it was so fun. I hope I did okay because I really want to do it again. That was a blast. It was phenomenal. Um, and yes, it was the... Um, Cotton Eye Joe gets really rowdy and really loud, which is kind of my favorite, though. I really like that energy from the crowd really feeds into the cage and vice versa. Um, so it's just a really you leave emotionally exhausted. For sure. Oh, yes, I can. I can attest to that for sure. For sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't I'm not going to keep it too, too long here. But, uh, you know, I, we're going to get your your final thoughts on this, uh, you know, this whole experience. This is your first time, not your first time going on the road at all you've been uh you know in in lots of fights where you know legacy and in other big promotions where you've gone in and you fought uh you know the the top dog in their their hometown so it's nothing new to you to be on the road but the amount of media i'm sure that is coming with this whole process uh you know you've been out there since tuesday i guess uh you know so it's it's not just been a situation where you come in you do weigh-ins and take your picture and uh then fight the next day this is like a four-day process uh talk a little bit about that is it is it something you're enjoying is it a, is it a distraction um it's something new to get used to like it was a different type of excitement because it's surrounding fight stuff but it's not quite fight stuff um kind of hard to explain but Invicta has done a phenomenal job it's so smooth they give you a whole list of things checking at this time they haven't gone over by anything everybody's always early um so everything runs so smooth and like all the media people today were just phenomenal they were friendly they made you feel comfortable um because you know you see the end of these photo shoots and these interviews and you're like wow they, just, <laughs> they really know how to talk um and i really know how to cuss so they made me feel really comfortable <laughs> and natural um and just kind of the conversations in the photo shoot it was really fun i i, I was kind of starstruck to be honest i could not believe that this is what i was doing at this time well, at least it's something that your opponent's having to go through for the first time as well. So that kind of evens the playing field versus, uh, you know, going against someone that has been there, done that for years. Uh, so you guys are both kind of under the same uh, the same uh, stresses as far as that goes. Uh, I'm going to let you have the have the have the, the floor to give some uh, shout outs where they're due. Any kind of sponsor love, training partners you want to give uh, give some love to. I'm going to let you have at it. Thanks, Tim. Hundred percent, KMA. I was. Absolutely not an athlete until I went there. Um, the entire family, the fighters and the members and the coaches, they all work together just to produce these incredible fighters um, who work their asses off to achieve these goals. And it's moving. And um, I was just talking to Coach earlier how I felt like the Christina who walked in three years ago is completely dead and it's somebody else. Um, and I attribute that all to KMAA. Um, my super fantastic, not so chubby body is attributed to Frankie's Body Shop, um, who helped me put down the cookies and pick up the weights and um, become a lead machine. And I cannot thank him enough for that. Him and Chloe have put me through the ringer every week, which is my favorite, but also my least favorite. Um, Shanna Young from Ascent, she printed out all my fight gear, which I love. She helped me find exactly what I was looking for, printed it all 
within like two days because it was such a short camp um, and got me ready to go. Once again, this has been Christina Ricker getting to getting ready to make her Invicta fighting debut. It's going down this Friday night. You can catch it on UFC Fight Pass. And if I'm not mistaken, Chris is the first fight. So make sure you tune in on time. Don't be late. Uh, she'll be kicking off the action uh, as only she can. Thanks so much for the time, Chris. Best of skills. We'll all be rooting for you out there from East Tennessee. Hey, thanks, Tim. All right, that wraps up our interview portion of the Valor Hour. Thanks so much to our guests for taking some time out of their evening to chat with us about their upcoming fights and best of skills to them. Now, let's get into some recap action, guys. We had a couple shows this past weekend, and Bellator had their first European series event. From what I can gather, it wasn't a numbered Bellator. It was just Bellator Newcastle. And we saw uh, we saw a Pitbull get a uh, decision, I think a split decision win over the hometown guy out there in a fight that uh, was a lot closer than the, the odds would have indicated. And then in another uh, another one that was a, uh, that was an actual upset on the books, Corey Browning pulls off another upset win. He knocks off Baby Slice the first time around. This time gets flown over the pond to fight Newcastle's own Aaron Chalmers, reality star, who had a lot of uh, a lot of fan support there. And uh, they had a brawl for uh, two rounds, and then uh, in the third round, Corey catches the heel hook real fast and uh, defeats another celebrity. Justin, your take on Bellator Newcastle and the upset from Corey Browning? If you took my advice, uh, just let me know where I can pick my money up at. Yeah, what's your cut, 10%? Yeah, I think so. That sounds fair. <laughs> yeah, man, that's the thing. You know, they keep taking Corey out there to fight these guys that, you know, they're trying to push, and I don't know, he, he's not going to go out there and fold for him. He's, he's going to give it what he has, you know, and uh, that's, what he, that's what he did this weekend. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, uh, you know, goes to 2-0, when I would imagine he's going to probably get another shot. I don't know that there are any celebrities left for him to fight though so i would imagine uh, we could see him getting ramped up uh, on this next one to be interesting to see greg did you get a chance to check that out well Ed, really impressive overall and i enjoyed the hell out of it it was <laughs> i did have some money on uh, on chalmers but uh <laughs> i'm should have listened I'm to me. i lost because uh i know i know and hell i but you know it, it Losing that bet was a lot. It was a lot better when I got to saw one of the hometown boys. You know, pull pull through for the home team. You know, not just not just Tennessee, but you know, America. It was pretty cool. Of course, that led into UFC 234, supposed to be headlined by uh, the main event of a middleweight title fight, Robert Whitaker defending that strap against Kelvin Gastelum. But then on fight day, it all went to shit. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, Robert Whitaker ended up uh, getting diagnosed with a hernia on fight day and had to withdraw. So uh, they lost the main event there. And, uh, man, what a what a, what a uh, disaster that is uh, for a card that, in my opinion, uh, was already kind of weak, I think, uh, as far as pay-per-view level cards go. Uh, before we get into the uh, you know the meat of this card and kind of recapping uh, everything that did go down, uh, Justin, your take on uh, losing this main event is Kelvin Gastelum going to have a right to call himself the champion now? He's carrying around the belt, and I, I wasn't. Sure. I mean, is he the champion? Like honestly, I, 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 he's proclaimed himself the champion. I don't know if I saw anything where they made him the champion or not. But uh, uh, well, your take, Justin? No, I mean, uh, you know, he's, he's put on. A- Good show. It's what he has to do because Adesanya put on 
you know, spectacular fight. And so if Kelvin just disappears and, and hides out and waits for the, the next title shot, he's going to get skipped over. So um, I guess they said that that was Henry Cejudo's belt that he had that he was carrying around and, and saying the UFC gave it yeah. to him. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so, but I mean, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do. Again, Adesanya did fight and he looked great. So, you know, it would, it would be really easy to pass Kelvin up when Whitaker comes back. But, you know, he had a, a, a collapsed bowel. Oh the doctor said they, they had never seen anything like that on somebody his age before. But um, I guess he, he's okay, I guess. He got out of the hospital today. Man, that is uh, that, that sounds terrible. Greg, yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, your thoughts on this whole uh, fiasco? Uh, yeah, we were talking about it beforehand and how the, the card wasn't like, you know, a spectacular card to begin with. And then when they lost, the, you know, we, we said it was top-heavy to begin with, and then they lost the, you know, the, I mean, they lost – they lost the main event. So, you know, you, but I mean, you didn't, you had, you know, Israel and Anderson Silva to back it up though, which I, I really enjoyed that, that, uh, that final fight. But as far as, uh, uh, Kelvin carrying around that belt and he's talking about a wrestler mentality and how he showed up and he made weight and he did this and he did that. Like, I don't know who's pushing him to do this or what they're trying to do for that. But, uh, if anybody knows a wrestler mentality, uh, isn't really like that. So, and I mean, he, he looks uncomfortable sitting there talking, talking shit on the mic with the, with Henry's bell. Like, I, I don't know if it was real or not, but somebody wrote a tweet out. I don't know if it was uh, Henry Cejudo really, but it was like, Hey, Kelvin, give me my damn belt back now. Cause he still has it. Kelvin had staff like all over his face and neck and said he'd been on antibiotics all week. So it was Honestly, probably a heaven sent for him that Whitaker did fall out because you, could you imagine fighting Robert Whitaker for five rounds on antibiotics? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get into what actually did happen. What fights we actually got uh, that we got this to see through here. Um, you know, starting off with the five pass prelims, Jonathan Martinez takes the unanimous decision over Luigi, Lu- Luigi Buren. Uh, Chinese fighter, uh, and Martinez gets the 10 and 2. Uh, Jalen Turner, man, with a really spectacular knockout, 53 seconds in over Callan Potter. Uh, if you listen to Justin, uh, he, he got in on a parlay with Jalen Turner, but man, Turner is just, he's a, he's like so freaking, like that guy is like big and freaking tall. <laughs> man. Uh, Justin, what'd you think about this performance from him? Uh, he looks great. His, it's funny, you know, he's 8 and 4, so he's got you know, not a not a spectacular record, obviously, but um, every time we've seen him, he's shown out. And you know, I guess he, he must he had to have been what six and four when he got yeah. on the show, um, and and now he's got two wins in the UFC. So um, he's got he's got it. He, if he keeps going. You never know what's going to happen with him. He's he's huge for that weight class. Of course, then we moved on uh, to the the next bout, which was the the final. No, no, no. Actually, those were the only two bouts on Five Pass because Lando Venata was going to be on Five Pass. He got moved <laughs> up to the co-main event. We'll we'll get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, moving on though to the ESPN uh, prelims, we had uh, Kyung Ho Kang, uh, the uh, Korean fighter, gets a uh, rear naked choke submission victory. I guess I guess it's a technical submission. He went to sleep, didn't he? Ishihara uh, yeah. 
he was he went to sleep and he I'm sure he found his bitches and uh, <laughs> Young Ho Kang gets the win and that's another guy that Justin included uh, on his parlay uh, for record. Uh, Kai Kara France gets a split decision win over uh, Julian Paiva. Uh, I didn't get to see a whole lot of that fight, but uh, it was a split decision. It looked like and and I it looked like uh, France was kind of he was Kara France was kind of sweating it, so it must have been really close. I, I did take Kara France on a parlay. Uh, that I had put with Robert Whitaker, but with, when Whitaker fell out, that reduced my parlay to just a straight bet. Ten units on Kai Car France minus three hundred by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I win three point three three units, and that's my only play of the week, which brought me up from ninety six point four five units to ninety nine point seven eight, almost to even one this week. Uh, Shane Young defeats Austin Arnett with a unanimous decision, and that was another part uh, of the parlay that Justin had advised uh, everyone to take. And then rounding out the uh, the prelims, we had Devontae Smith, a guy who's really on the rise, man, and this guy's infectious. It's hard not to be a fan of this guy. He's high energy, positive, just great, uh, you know, really, really good high action fighter. Knocks off the Korean Dong Hyun Ma with a, uh, a TKO, uh, three minutes, 53 seconds into the very first round. Uh, your thoughts overall on uh, these prelims, Greg? Anything stand out to you? Uh, I know you didn't really have any action on any of these, but uh, any any fighters kind of stand out as uh, guys to keep an eye on? Well, I didn't put no action on the podcast. And like I said, we need some kind of platform to put my bets out there beforehand you know because i did bet on jonathan martinez i bet on Jalen turner i didn't take hold on i then lost my shit you didn't uh, take uh, Kang with, uh, Kang. The, yes i took Kang. i took him but that was a little cheap bet that i'd made side part you know side bar with somebody sitting next to me during the fights uh k care france though i did bet big on him and i turned it off like i just walked away i didn't turn it off i just walked away to grab something to eat. i was like well i already lost this fight because i was almost sure he lost you know they gave i it came to back you. in i looked at my DraftKings. i came back in and my draft kept checked my DraftKings, and he had won and i was like well shit, hell and then uh, i had shane young and Devonte smith i had him to, i had uh but jim uh Devonte smith my girl she always sits down and watch him with me and everything and she was watching Devontae Smith and everything, and she's like, wow, that guy's really, I guess he's like polished up crisp, he would, crisp, he would say, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he, he does a little one-two action, but he's got a really strong right hand, and it's just going to hit. It's going to land. And if it does, you might see a quick knockout. And she goes, oh, that'd be cool. And then it happened. And, uh, and then he done his – and then he started, you know, dancing, you know, celebrating. And she goes, oh, well, he just had to go fuck it up, didn't he? He <laughs> that, that bullshit. I, she goes, I said, what are you talking about? She goes, he's all cocky and out there acting arrogant. I said, he's fucking celebrating. He just got yeah. a knockout in the UFC. That's badass. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, well, good for him. I was like, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I had a lot of action on all those fights right there off, 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 off of the podcast, you know, because, like, I like to wait to see, see the weigh-ins the way and everything, and then before I put my live bets on, right before they go out there, we, you know, you got a lot of buildup before these fights and everything goes on beforehand, and then when it's happening – that's that's uh I don't know we just need a platform to post those and uh and let my draft you just like live bet. I got an idea. Let's, well, I'll start. I'll start a Valor Hour Facebook page, and you can go to the Valor Hour Facebook page. And Greg and all of us, for that matter, if we've got anything to add in between the time that the Valor Hour comes out on Thursday and when the fights go down on Saturday, Sunday. In this case, it'll be Sunday for UFC. A lot can go down in the next few days. Uh, we'll post those on there. Fair enough. 
Well, here's the thing that I want. If, if, if anybody's going to follow that and they're, and they're going to either follow me or fade me or follow Justin or fade Justin or fade you or follow you, uh, I usually don't make my bets until right before they start. So, I mean, if these people are going to actually, you know, follow me, they're going to have to, or fade me, they're going to have to, you know, be tuned in to the Valor Facebook page and sit there and, and watch them live come up. I mean, hell, they're free bets, so why not take them? Well, you know, yeah, if, I mean, no doubt. <laughs> we'll see if that works. We'll start putting that out there this week. Make sure you check Facebook and uh, like the Valor Hour page. I'll be putting it up there, and uh, you can uh, check back for last-minute advice as uh, as the world turns in MMA. Lots of things can change. Uh, moving on to the main card, this is your pay-per-view. This is what you spend 60 on. Uh, we had uh, Jimmy the Brute Crute knock out Sam Alvey about, well, I guess it's TKO. Two minutes, 49 seconds into round one. Alvey didn't look very good. Uh, it looked really slow and looked really not dynamic. Um, Jimmy Crute um, just kind of just just quicker and just, you know, not, he, he drops him and uh, – Sam didn't like the he didn't like the stoppage if I can recall he he didn't like the the, the fight got stopped when it did but I don't think it was on its way to being a, a good result for him regardless Justin put five units on Sam Alvey and drops that one uh, Justin your thoughts on uh, on this one here is it more is it an attribute that Jimmy Crute's like somebody you know he's ten and zero you know he's undefeated or is it that Sam Alvey's just yeah really just you know kind of in, on that downside man I, I, th- I think the biggest issue is that. Sam Alvey should, should be at 185, not like heavyweight. Um, I don't know. But he, those shots that he was getting hit with were, you know, they were clean shots, but not that big. But the way that, you know, the way that he reacted to them was uh, the referee made the well. right call. No, he didn't wear them well at all. And, uh, yeah, if I was the ref, I would have stopped the fight too. Now, our next fight was an absolute an absolute clinic. Uh Man, and this is one that I got on in real life uh, pretty heavy there at the last minute, and that was Montana De La Rosa. Uh, she got a second-round armbar over Nadia Kassim. It was uh, Kassim's first defeat. She came in 5 to nothing, 5-0, and oh, sorry, 5 wins, no, no losses. And Montana De La Rosa climbs to 10-4 and four and absolutely, I mean, just tools her on the ground every which way you could. Uh, Justin, uh, he recommended that as part of his parlay. Greg, your thoughts on uh, Montana De La Rosa and her ground skills? No, she was a standout. I mean, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed watching her, and that ground game is just ferocious. The uh, that's another one that I took right before. I, I don't remember her exact odds, but I know that she was like, uh, what was like minus, what was she minus two hundred, three hundred, something like that. I don't know. She's like minus two. I don't know really what she's she like was, minus two eighty uh, or so. Yeah, I wanted to take her, but uh, I can't parlay on on where I bet. I can't parlay my my fighters with the thing, so I'm gonna have to get that get 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 something to where I can do that because I wanted to take. You know, I want to take De La Rosa under, you know, under three rounds because I thought that was a good bet. But, yeah, she's – I mean, but, you know, I didn't think she was absolutely going to desecrate her like that. You know, at, uh, I didn't I didn't see it coming like that. But uh, I'm anxious to see where she goes from here and who she gets to fight next is what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I really would like to see her get uh, a step up here. I want to say she's fought Mackenzie Dern in the past. Um and that might be a fight that, that I might like to see again. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but I definitely would like right. to see her in a, in a more high-profile fight next. I think she's earned that. Let's see. Moving on. Our feature bout of the evening uh, on UFC 234. This one was, uh, man, kind of a coming-out party for Ricky Simone. 
Ricky Simone gets unanimous decision over Ronnie Yaya. No, I guess it's Ronnie Yaya. I, I'm, I just jacked this up every which way, but it's Ronnie Yaya. Um, Ricky Simone improves to 15 and one. Who we just looked so explosive, so dynamic. Uh, takedown defense was on point. Uh, had uh, had Yaya hurt just pretty much constantly, and he was always dangerous because you know he wanted to get to the, the fight to the ground, but. Um, uh, Simone just wasn't having any of it, and uh, and really gets a big win. Uh, Greg, you uh, you told us to take uh, Ricky Simone here, and uh, you ended up uh, winning on that uh, five point eight three units. You pick up on Ricky Simone. Uh, talk a little bit about his performance here, and is is this a guy that we could see uh, rising up that bantamweight uh, rankings list pretty quick? Uh. To be honest, rising up pretty quick. I'm not so sure about. He climbed to 15 and one, which is really impressive. But here's the thing. I mean, if you're if you're if you're that adamant about not going to the ground with another man, and then you want to try to go the last 40 seconds of the fight to prove you you, you got somewhat of a ground game. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not. Don't take nothing away from the man. I mean, it's a fantastic victory and talk about a hell of a fight. Shots thrown from both guys. I was not expecting that. Like, but I think the wrestling. The wrestling from Ricky was 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 the beneficial factor to him winning this fight against Yaya. Uh, the only thing I was really worried about in the whole fight was if Ricky decided to play with fire and go to the ground. But being that I don't know that his ground game is you know that that well, I don't know how fast he boosts up because you can tell he didn't want no part of the ground game whatsoever. So I want to see where his where his ground game lies and who they set him up with now. Because but like you said, coming out party for Ricky, man, that was uh, he's entertaining, energetic. He's he was a really exciting fighter, and I enjoyed the hell out of that fight. That's uh, I got a lot of phone calls during that fight. And they're, hey, are you watching this shit? Are you watching this shit? I'm like, yep. That <laughs> <laughs> was good. The co-main event saw Lando Venata take on Marcos Mariano. And, uh, man, tell you what, Marcos Mariano shouldn't be in the UFC. Tell you that. Uh, that, 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 was real, that was real bad. Lando Venata, and I like Venata, and it wasn't a bad performance from him. I mean, he, he did what he was supposed to do. Uh, but, I mean, he, he just dominated him every which way. He submits him with the Kimura about five seconds to go in the first round. And I thought for a moment Mariano was going to make it to the second round, and that would have been maybe unacceptable. But tell you what, uh, the guy's really long and tall. I mean, he's like six foot three, six foot four, 155, very long and tall. But that said, uh, and they call him Dawson, like from Street Fighter, you know, so he kind of resembles that. But, man, to be like a Brazilian, not to be stereotypical or whatever, but this guy was like a fish on the ground. He His, his ground skills were negative. It was, it was uh, below amateur level that we see here in East Tennessee, uh, <laughs> essentially just allowing himself to just be pummeled from the top by Venata, not ever making any real effort to even, like, hip up and – just try to get up. It was really, it was really bizarre to watch. Uh, uh, but the odds were so high on Venata. I wish that I had, uh, I wish that I had, I'd bitten on it anyway because Venata was pretty heavy favorite. But uh, man, that was, that wasn't even close to being, uh, close to being competitive. Uh, Justin, you didn't get a chance to see that one. I don't think. Greg, did you, did you catch that one? Yes, I did, and I think Marcos just straight up got out of prison because it looked like a he looked like a chicken walking around the big old long way. It looked like he'd been hitting the weights real hu- real high, yeah. and heavy, but never touched him down low. Now I will say his stand up wasn't bad. He had a, he had some he had some pretty pretty scary striking, but it didn't last very long because once he took him to the ground, it was over with. He didn't know what to do. It looked like he was trying to pull like. I don't know. He's trying to pull full guard <laughs> in, in a half guard position, and he didn't know what he was doing. He was posted up and. But yeah, like like you said, to begin with, I don't think he needs to be in the UFC. Period. 
Yeah, man, that would, this is the guy that I would probably clock as an underdog to John Gunther. You know, no disrespect to John Gunther. I like John Gunther, but I don't. I wouldn't clock him as a favorite in the UFC over many guys. But this is one that I would. Uh, the main event, uh, Israel Adesanya has his own. Uh, you know, I guess we could say coming out party of sorts. He's uh, he's had some big some big uh, wins already, but uh, but none over a guy with the you know the lineage of an Anderson Silva. And he gets unanimous decision win over Silva. Entertaining fight, great performance from Adesanya. Not a bad performance from Anderson. You know, I feel like he brought it. I feel like he, you know, he's trying to trying to entertain. But uh, ultimately, Adesanya is the one that comes out, makes a statement, gets a clear cut decision win, and now puts himself in that title. Uh, you know, that title talk uh, with Gastelum and Whitaker and, and the bunch. Uh, both of our panelists here, myself, I stayed off of this one. Both our panelists uh, took that 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 nice juice on Anderson Silva, but it wasn't to be. He uh, he loses 15 units for uh, Greg, and he loses five units for Justin. Uh, Justin does, however, pick up a really nice parlay win that uh, he had originally placed 10 units on Robert Whitaker, Montana De La Rosa, Jalen Turner, uh, Hungyo Kang, Jalen Turner, and uh, Shane Young. Unfortunately, Whitaker's fight didn't happen, so that reduced him into a five-teamer, which he still won, and got 21.86 units uh, on the week, uh, or I'm sorry, on that parlay uh, with Whitaker being out of the equation. Uh, Greg had his most uh, units of all. He had a 51. He had all the trailer left on uh, this this uh, main event here. 51.19.19 units on Robert Whitaker inside the distance, but the fight didn't happen, so we're going to give Greg his money back on that. Uh, I'm going to go to both of you guys on this main event. Justin, you first. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on this main event for UFC 234, and then kind of close that out with an overall impression on the event. Was it uh, Was it worth it? To be honest, I fell asleep after uh, Sam Alvey got knocked out. I started to lose interest and fell asleep and missed the rest of it, but I got to see the highlights of it. Um, and from what I saw, you know, the the main event kind of went the way I was expecting it to. I, th- I thought Anderson looked a lot better than um, than I thought he was going to, honestly. I would like to have seen it to be five rounds instead of three just to see what, what happened in those last two. But um, it was a great striking fight, though. Um, Greg, your thoughts on your thoughts overall on this uh, on this main event and uh, UFC 234 uh, closing take. Well, uh, uh, the main event uh, in real life, you know, I mean, well, on the podcast, we we all sprinkled a little bit. I sprinkled a lot more on it just because uh, w- hopefully Anderson pulled off the uh, the upset. But uh, you know, when, you know, all realistically, I knew that probably wasn't going to happen. So what I wanted to do in real life was uh, just take the over. For the fight because it was only one and a half rounds over and if you watch any Anderson Silva's fights he likes to play and he likes to back up and he likes to sit there and taunt and that's and a lot of, a lot of what he did in this fight was one of my favorite parts of the fight is when he backed up against the cage and was trying to get uh, Israel to come towards him and Israel's like no 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 you come out here and Anderson just starts pitching his little bitch fit in the corner he's like no you come here and he starts pointing at the ground and then he's like, all right, well, I'll go over there. I, I just really enjoyed the hell out of that. That was funny. But as far as the whole uh, whole card goes, um, I, I wasn't – I mean, the, the Sam Alvey fight, I thought was uh, – I just thought that was stupid. I mean, the guy got dropped. It looks like Jimmy Crute wanted to knock off, knock off victory and wanted to just walk away and leave it, but then Sam got back up. Well – after he got knocked out, I don't think, I mean, he got knocked down and then like was acting like I, I, he, I mean, it, 
He wasn't out. He wasn't out. Well, I don't. I don't think he was out. But still, you can't sit there and lay on the ground and and say I'm okay with your thumbs up while you're getting pounded in the freaking head. Like, I mean, you've got to move. So I think he's on the on the downslope too. But uh, overall, as a whole card, I wasn't. I can't say that I was happy, but I can't say I was upset because I mean, all these guys still come out. There was one fight in there that I believe it might have been uh, the, yeah, the was it the uh, it was the uh, Kyung Ho Kang and Taruto Ishihara. That uh-huh. fight when those guys were just banging back and forth and they just went quit. That was another one I got a lot of phone calls on. Like, are you watching this? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm watching it. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't say that it was a shit card because I I, I enjoyed it. Well, I will wrap up our UFC 234 talk uh, to to recap on the uh, on the week. Um, I won 3.33 units on what ended up being a, a single bet on uh, Kai Car France with Robert Whitaker falling off. That brings my total from 96.45 up to uh, up to 99.78. I'm going to call that even. Uh, Greg uh, loses 15 units on Anderson Silva, gets back 5.83 units on Ricky Simone. He has no action on his big parlay, so a, a total of 9.17 lost on the week. He still has 51.19 uh, to play with. And then Justin has another good week. If you're following Justin right now, then you're cashing. Uh, he, he did lose uh, five units each on Anderson Silva and Sam Alvey, but then gets back a, a, a real nice uh, 21.86 units on that parlay uh, that we talked about earlier. And uh, comes out 11.86 units to the good on the week to bring him up to 144.3 units going into this week. Justin on a hot streak here. Uh, well, let's get on into the uh, to our talk for this weekend. We've got uh, it's a really busy weekend for him. Hey, uh, we don't have a lot of lines yet on Invicta, but there's Invicta on Friday, um, and then of course also on Friday we've got Bellator two fifteen, a double header for Bellator up at the Mohegan Sun in Uncasville, Connecticut. They've only got a line out on one fight uh, so far for Bellator two fifteen, but it's the main event heavyweight action. Matt Mitrione taking on Sergey Karatonov. This is a pick and fight, minus 115. Um, Going to go to both you guys. I don't know if we got to play on it, but just overall, any thoughts on, on this fight or Bellator 215 as a whole before we get on to Bellator 216? Justin? Um, no, nothing from me, really. The Karatonov and, and Mitrione fight's probably going to be, uh, you know, just, just a sloppy stand and, and throw big punches till somebody gets tired. I'm not... Too interested in it? A bit of a placeholder card, I would agree. Greg, any any take at all on this Bellator 215 uh, or the main event, Mitrione and Karatanov? If they bring out an under and over for the main event, I'm all on the under. Yeah, yeah, I have to but imagine they're going to get a knockout. Yeah. Uh, Bellator 216. If they have it, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, right? <laughs> Bellator 216 is the very next night in the same place, and they've given us a little bit more action on this one. Uh, A couple fights, uh, four fights actually on this Bellator 216 card. It's headlined by Michael Venipage and Paul Daly. That's the one that everybody's excited about. we got some other ones on here. Yaroslav Amosov, minus 255 over Eric Silva, who I believe this will be the first time we've seen Eric Silva in Bellator. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, he was supposed to be in the 170 Grand Prix, but, but, he, but he fell out of that. 
Yaroslav Amosov, minus 255. Eric Silva, plus 195. We got Mirko Krokop taking on Big Country Roy Nelson. That's kind of carnival-ish. Uh, Krokop, minus 240. Roy Nelson, plus 180. Uh, Vitaly Minikov is minus 470 over Czech Congo. is plus 345. And then the main event, Michael Venom Page, minus 225 over his countryman, Paul Daly. They're going to do this here in America instead of England for whatever reason. But Paul Daly's plus 175. Uh, any thoughts or plays on Bellator 216, Justin? Uh, yeah. One that sticks out to me is that Eric Silva. Um, Eric, you know, in the UFC, he came over and uh, there was a lot of lot of hype behind him. Super, super dangerous uh, grappler. Um, you know, I can't believe that the odds are that much against him. So I'm going to play 10 units on him. And then I'm just going to do a parlay on uh, Chet Conga and Roy Nelson. So Justin goes 10 units on Eric Silva, and he is a plus 195, so that's a real nice win. And then uh, uh, the parlay with Silva with Congo? For, for a parlay, I'm going to do uh, Chet Congo, Roy Nelson, and Michael Venom Page for five units. All right, that three-man parlay with two underdogs, Chet Congo plus 345, Roy Nelson plus 180. Michael Page minus two fifteen. Well, uh, five units uh, is what Justin will wager for a plus seventeen twenty five return. Plus seventeen twenty five is the return on that, and he needs some things to happen, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell you what, if you uh, if you hit that one, then you're going to be uh, you know you'd be buying buying a few trailers uh, for sure. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on Bellator two sixteen? Any plays? I've done forgot. What's the what's the odds for Page? Page is minus two twenty five, and Daly is plus one seventy five. Okay, if Page is minus two twenty five, is there an under over there? No, they haven't put a total out. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to put. Let's see here. I want to. I really want to just for this whole thing. There's a lot. Actually, really, this is a pretty nice card lineup here. You got Roy Nelson and Micro Crocrop. You got. I. I think I'm going to put. God, I want to. I'm 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 looking at this Czech Congo fight too. I was just, he's fighting. A, he's got a big wrestler from Russia. So I, I'm gonna just put. What, what Michael Page was minus two. Minus two twenty five. Minus two twenty five. All that I got in my account right now, I want to go ahead and put all of it on Page. Oh wow! This is gonna be Greg's only play of the week. He's got fifty one point one nine units, and he's going all of it on Michael Venom Page uh, at uh, minus two twenty five. So uh, man, that is uh, that's definitely um, we yeah that's awesome. <laughs> uh, that that doesn't I get, tell, any, more, doesn't get any more of a lock I'll, right there than that, huh? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, last time we watched Paul Daly, I think I was watching him at my dad's house, and we were sitting there drinking a little bit, and Paul Daly was getting wrestled up the whole fight. And Paul Daly, when he was booing. He was booing the fight himself over there while he was getting hammered. He was going, boo, and he's getting hit. <laughs> boo, he's like, this is bullshit. Stand this fight up. So I'm anxious to see a, a more explosive fight from Paul Daly against Michael Page. But in my opinion right now, Michael Page is head and shoulders above anybody in the game at 170 in Bellator. He's probably one of the better better fighters, better strikers I've seen. And, you know, he. I mean, he, when he just when he fractured Cyborg's skull, that was a big deal. And that put a lot of a lot out there for him, and he, you know, he and he's always got these little. Uh, he threw a pokeball one time, and the next time he had the uh, uh, Thor's thing, and I'm anxious to see what he comes out to now. So, 
But he, he's an entertainer for the most part, but I, I think he's a really good striker, and I think he, he's probably going to knock out Paul Daly or TKO him. He'll finish it, I believe. There you have it. Greg Hopkins puts all the rest of his units, 51.19 units, on Michael Venom Page. That'll get back 22.75 units, and if that happens, it gets him right back up in, up in the mix. That brings us on to UFC on ESPN, the very first uh, the very first one of these. I guess this would be equivalent to what we would have seen the UFC on Fox cards, uh, on Big Fox, not, not Fox Sports 1. It is a pretty good card. This, uh, this, to me, is much better than the card that we got last week. And um, it goes down, uh, of course, Sunday. This is a Sunday card. And uh, it starts off with three on Fight Pass, I believe. And uh, we've got Alexandra Albu, minus 150, taking on Emily Whitmire, who's plus 130. Uh, Luke Sanders, minus 185. Hinan Burrell, plus 160. And Jessica Panay, minus 145, against Jody Esquivel, who is plus 125. And, uh, you know, I, uh, for me, uh, I'll, I'll kick us off here. I, I've never been too too high on Emily Whitmire. I've not been that impressed with her. Albu hasn't – I wasn't real familiar with her until I went back and looked, and she's pretty tough. Um, I, I am going to go um, 10 units on uh, Alexandra Albu here and uh, at minus 150. And um, and I also think I would really like Jessica Panay here. I think that, you know, she's only lost to, you know, elite top-level uh, ladies. And I don't know that Esquibel qualifies. I'm going to go another 10 units on uh, on Jessica Panay at, uh, at minus 145. Uh, Justin, your take on these prelims. Yeah, I'm with you on the Jessica Panay. I'm going to put five units on her. Um, I'm also going to take uh, five units for him and Burrell. It's kind of weird seeing – Burrell in the middle of the early prelims. Um, it's hard to hard to go against Luke Sanders, but I just don't think he's I just don't think he's ready for for the uh, for the uh, you know the experience of of Hinton Burrell, former champion. Um, so I'm, I'm take uh, Hinton Burrell for for five units and, and Jessica Penay for five. Got Justin Watson, five units on today, minus 145, and another five units on him, Brown, plus 160. Got to agree with you, man. It is definitely odd to see a Luke Sanders versus Hinnom Brown on the fight pass prelims. And um, Luke's the favorite. And Luke is the favorite. It really is wild. And, you know, I mean, I can – I can see. I mean, I, the line, I don't know that the line's too wonky just because Burrell has has just declined so much, and his last loss was to Andre Ewell, who I wouldn't clock at too much oh, yeah. difference probably than Sanders. So I I see it, but I still definitely think there's some there is some value in Burrell just because you're right. I mean, he's so tricky. He's such a vet. And, and Luke is the kind of guy, and don't get me wrong, I love Luke, you know, but he's the kind of guy that'll be dominating a fight and just, you know, has, has found a way to to slip into submissions, and, and Burrell's got good submissions. Greg, any, uh, obviously you've already blew your load and you don't have any any uh, units to play left here, but any thoughts on uh, these uh, these first three prelims? Yes, I also like Albu and Penne and uh uh, I'm probably going to stay away from the Sanders and Hinton Burrell fight just for the reasons you guys are talking about because Hinton Burrell is on a down slope. And, I mean, but still, he went 10 years unbeaten, and then he came into the UFC, and now it's like, you know, he's, he's meeting people that are top-notch prospects that are, that are wanting, wanting it worse than he does right now. So <clears throat> I probably have to fade Hinton Burrell, but I'm, I wouldn't make a play on that. Um, this is a dangerous yeah, fight like for both Penny. guys, and the loser could be cut. Mm-hmm. I can see that. 
Of course, that brings us on to the prelims. Uh, I, I believe we switch over to ESPN proper for these prelims, unless it's on ESPN Plus, but I'm pretty sure it's on regular ESPN here. Uh, we, got, we start off with one of our local favorites, man. Always excited to see hot sauce. Scott Holtzman, he'll be returning uh, after a big win over Alon Patrick, where he was the underdog and he just kicked his ass. Um, he is uh, minus 175 over uh, another tough one here. He's taking on the carny, Nick Lentz. Nick Lentz comes back at plus 155. Um, we've also got Andrea KGB Lee taking on Ashley Evan Smith. Andrea Lee is a short notice replacement here, and um, I believe she's replacing Lauren Murphy. But she is minus 170 over Ashley Evan Smith, who is plus 150. Um, Justin, any thoughts on these first couple of prelims uh, on uh, ESPN? Uh, yeah, I got to take hot sauce. Uh, uh, you know, Nick Lentz is tough, but. I think hot sauce's pressure and, and grappling is just going to be too much for him. So I'm going to put five units on hot sauce. Five units from Justin on hot sauce. I like it, man. I can't uh, I can't fade hot sauce myself. And uh, I do think he's just going to be the quicker, uh, more dynamic, athletic guy. Lentz has got a good chin. You know, he can take it and he can give it. So I think as long as Holton's chin holds up, he's got this one. I'm going to follow you and I'm going to go five units on hot sauce as well. Uh, before we get on to the next uh, segment, Greg, any thoughts on these first couple? Uh, the first couple that was, was Andrea, Andrea Lee's involved in that, right? Yeah. Andrea Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley Evan well, Smith and Scott Holtzman, Nick Lentz. Well, uh, am I allowed to blow my load on Friday night? And if it fucking hits big, am I allowed to blow my load again Saturday? No, I think that's called an if bet, and I will. I, I we could. I think we could accept that. <laughs> well, if I blow my, if it happens, well, we got it. We got a live portion to go with. But Andrea Lee, uh, she stays training all the time, and she's doing big things right now. And if she's a quick fill-in, I think there's a reason why because she didn't get the fighter last spot, and uh, they're. I think they're trying to give her a little bit of a push. Um, but yeah, just the Andrea Lee one. Of course, that brings us to the final two uh, fights of the prelims. A couple of really good ones here. Be- Manny Bermudez is minus 200 over Benito Lopez, who is plus 170. And then we've also got a fight that could that could main event a, a lesser card, probably. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, minus 145, taking on Aljamain Sterling. He is plus 125. And, um, yeah, I'll start us off here. I, I really, uh, man, I tell you, I think – that the line has come down tremendously on Jimmy Rivera. He was uh, he opened it like minus two twenty five or so. He's now been bet down to minus one forty five. But I think stylistically, this is all Jimmy Rivera still, and I think you're getting a pretty good value at minus one forty five. Although Sterling has been hot as of late, and I'm going to go ten units on Jimmy Rivera uh, minus one forty five. I'm going to stay off the Bermudez Lopez fight, but I do like Bermudez in that fight. Justin. Yeah, I'm staying off of that one too, but I'm going to fade you on a. Uh... Sterling and Revere. I'm going to take Aljamain for five units. Dustin goes the other way. Aljamain, Sterling, five units at plus 125. I think if you'd gotten on, uh, you know, if you if the, for the players out there that like Sterling a lot, if you'd gotten on him early in the week, you probably got him up there at near like plus 180 or so. So uh, if you like him, then congrats on, on getting that price tag uh, for sure. Uh, Greg, any thoughts on uh, Jimmy Rivera and Aljamain Sterling or Manny Bermudez and Benito Lopez? Uh, the Andre Philly fight, I just I, he he's too he's too uh, you know inconsistent to really to really try to bet on. So if I was going to bet on the Philly fight, I'd probably fade him and go with Miles. But uh, and I'm also going to go with Aljamain Sterling against Rivera, right there. 
So both my panelists disagree with me and take, think Aljamain Sterling beats Jimmy Rivera. We shall see. Uh, Greg uh, was uh, talking about our next fight, which is on the main card of this uh, ESPN, uh, UFC on ESPN 1. Miles Jury, Andre Touchy Feely. Miles Jury minus 150, Feely plus 130. And um, I've got to agree with you, man. Feely is too hard to get. It's, you don't know which guy you're going to get. Sometimes he comes out like a world beater. Sometimes he doesn't. Miles Jury is a much more kind of steady product out there. So I like Miles Jury as well. Um, I may throw him in a parlay. Um, our next fight, of course, Vicente Luque, minus 400 over Brian Barbarina, a guy who's uh, moved out here to East Tennessee, man. We see him at Valorvins from time to time, does some training at Shield Systems. Also, of course, out at the lab in Arizona. And he's a plus 325 underdog to, uh, to a tough one, man. Vicente Luque is tough. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these uh, first couple on the main card? Uh, yeah, Vicente Luque is is super tough. I mean, they're, they're pushing this kid pretty hard. He's he's fourteen and six though. Um, Barbarina's fourteen and five. Barbarina's are so tough, man. He he's just not going to stop. He's going to keep coming for you uh, until till the very end. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a flyer on Barbarina and uh, put five on him in that one. Five units from Justin on Barbarina plus three twenty five. Man, I really am a Barbarina fan as well. I worry he's just a hair slow. Yeah. Um, against this guy. Uh, he's really tough. You know, uh, but it, this is one of those fights that could be a fight of the night type fight. You can see it being yeah. a slugfest, but I could also see Barbarina being just a, a touch behind. Uh, so I'm going to lay off of it, but I'm going to be rooting for him all the way. That's for sure. Um, um, up next, of course, is the uh, highly anticipated UFC debut, Cron Gracie. He's minus 370 over a very uh, salty vet in Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy. He's plus 310. Um, Greg, any thoughts on uh, Cron Gracie, Alex Caceres, or uh, Vicente Luque, Brian Barbarina? I instantly became a fan of Bruce Lee, really, whenever he started, just because of his nickname. And, and in the way he had, he had his afro and everything going on, it was pretty sweet. Because I remember when I was in high school, we would always go to national, like big national tournaments, and there would always be one guy out there with a big fro. And he'd be out there wrestling, and he had his funk going on all the time. And that's the same thing that Bruce Lee really does. And I'm a big fan of him, still am, but... Uh, he'll probably get submitted against Cron Gracie because the ground game of Bruce Lee really isn't up to up to par against the uh, the Gracie the Gracie uh, whatever you want to call it. Then 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 uh, that ground game. That's right, <laughs> Justin. You're uh, Justin. You like Cron Gracie here? Man, I did until about an hour ago. The more I started <laughs> thinking about it, I'm uh, I'm gonna flip that. I'm gonna throw uh, five units on on uh, Casera. See, he's just. I don't know. I mean, you know, this is Kron's fifth fight, and Casera's been in there with, you know, some of the best. You know, he's fought Faber and, you know, some of the top guys. So uh, I think the experience, you know, I think it's worth a, worth throwing some money out there on it. I can't believe Kron's a, like three and a half to one favorite over, I'm you know. I'm surprised at that, too. It's nuts. But, I mean, you know, his submission game is, it speaks for itself, but this isn't, this isn't geeky grappling. Justin goes with Alex Caceres, plus 310 for five units. And, you know, these underdogs are about due to start hitting. If you looked at last week's card, like, were there any underdogs that hit? Were they, was it all favorites, dare I say? It was a lot of them. I don't recall. If there were any underdogs that hit, they weren't any better than a plus 120. You know, it was it was any any of the, the major underdogs. They didn't get it done. Females are up next. Feature bout. This one should be pretty fun. Cynthia Calvillo minus 325 taking on Courtney Cast Iron Casey. 
plus two sixty five. I like watching Courtney Casey fight. She's a, she's a, she's she's fun one to watch. She she's got a chip on her shoulder. Tough one, but Calvillo's got really good wrestling. It's gonna be tough for her. I'm gonna have to stay off of this one. Calvillo at minus three twenty five. I'm gonna be rooting for Courtney Casey at plus two sixty five. But I could see her losing a decision here at the same time. Uh, Greg, any any thoughts on this uh, ladies match? I would I would just favor the over. Uh, going the distance for this fight because you got two girls, you got one top ten in the world, and you got the other one top fifteen in the world. I mean, both of these both of these girls are going to be they're not they're going to be playing it safe, and I think that they're going to be. Uh, I don't want to say that they're going to be scared or hesitant to jump in there and mix it up, but I think that these girls got a lot to protect here. Casey's got six losses on her record. That's six learning experiences, but they're not all against the number 10, 10 person. Where if I was going to take anybody, I'd probably take Cynthia, but. I'm going to go with the over on this one. Justin. Uh, I'm going to have to take Calvia. I mean, you know, she just thinks she's way too strong. Casey's a vet, but I think Calvia is just going to, you know, out-muscle her and, and take a decision. I think uh, five you, units. Five units five. of Calvia minus 325. And uh, that brings us on to our co-main event. I'm pretty excited for this one. This is one that was supposed to have already happened once, and – Something happened where it got torn apart at the last minute and somebody got moved around, I'm pretty sure. But it's Paul Felder taking on James Vick, the Texecutioner. Um, Paul Felder, and this is essentially a pick and fight, but James Vick uh, is minus 115 and Paul Felder is minus 105. So uh, pretty negligible here. I really like Paul Felder in this one. I think uh, I think he's a hard hitter and I think Vick's chin is, is suspect potentially. Uh, I'm going to go 10 units myself on Paul Felder uh, here, minus 105. Uh, Justin? I'm going to follow you. Uh, I love James Vick, but I, just, I think Paul Felder is just too big, too strong. Um, probably see some elbows bouncing off James Vick's head before before it's over with. So I'm going to take five units on Felder, though. Five units on Paul Felder, Justin, and I agree. Greg, uh, any any take on this co-main event? No, I've faded Vick like the last two times he's fought, and uh, I'll probably do it again this time just because he's going up in weight. From you know, I mean, he's, yeah, he's ranked 14th worldwide at, at lightweight, but. You know, fifteen or you know, fifteen pounds is a huge difference. It really is. I mean, not if you're like heavyweight or anything, but you know, going from one fifty five to one seventy is huge. So that's it. Felder Felder's uh, fought you know, a lot at one fifty five. How long has he been fighting at uh, welterweight though? What I'm he just wondering. went up for that one fight. Okay. Well, in that case, we're still going to go with Felder. Yeah, just I still just think Felder's <laughs> the better fighter. You know, but yeah, no doubt. Uh, Vic is a Vic is like Vic was like a, a massively big uh, one fifty five, like like real big. He's like how tall is this guy, Justin? He's like what six one, six two, but he's not he's like, like six four. Okay, that's more like it. But he doesn't come across as like yeah. a rail. Yeah, he's thick. He's right. real thick. Right, and like you see, you know, we we're just talking about this Dawson guy that we saw last week on the Australia card. This Mariano guy. He was six three, but he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't an imposing six three. He looked like a. He looked like a really skinny. Vic isn't really built like that. Uh, the main event. This one should be interesting. Cain Velasquez. It's been a long time. Cain Velasquez takes on Francis Ngannou. Ooh wee. Velasquez minus one sixty five. Francis Ngannou plus one forty five. I guess it's really a question of cage rust here. Velasquez has been out a long time. Ngano's had some, you know, he was on a rocket, then he had a shit performance, 
And then he kind of came back a little bit on this last fight. I think it's really hard to fade Cain Velasquez here. Um, I think it's really hard for me to bet Francis Ngannou over Cain Velasquez. Just uh, just the truth. And, and I am going to go with a parlay. And uh, my parlay is Michael Benham Page parlayed with Cain Velasquez. And that gets you plus 135. And, um, and I'm going to go with that for 15 units. Uh, on a uh, Kane Velasquez and Venom Page parlay. So I got a little action on multiple days. Um, just uh, that gives me a little bit of Bellator action, too. Uh, before we get uh, J- uh, Justin's pick, Greg, your thoughts on this main event? I, I honest, honestly don't know. After after listening to you talk about Kane Velasquez and uh, ring, you know, K-Trust, he's been gone for a long time and he's getting older. He's getting older. I don't know how often he is training. I don't know what he's been doing this whole time off. Uh, but then again, he's a wrestler from Arizona State. And, uh, I mean, hell, you got, you know, Francis Nagano is not a big wrestler type of guy. If you were to get him on the ground, uh, I mean, if he's not going to be able to get up with Kane on his back, it's going to be a bad day for him. Oh, he's about but awful on the ground. Velasquez to set, huh? I said he's about awful on the ground. Yeah, so if, and, and then, but, and again, if you got Kane Velasquez coming in for a shot, uh, Francis has got some really scary, scary, scary striking that, uh, a lot of people actually, I, I would I wouldn't advise anybody to stand in front of that guy. So uh, if if Kane decides to stand in exchange with him, I mean Kane's no little guy. Kane's a big one of the biggest. So, but it, it, if I was going to make a bet, it would be on the under, and the under would probably what like two and a half, something like that out of five. I haven't put it out yet, but I'm guessing it's going to be. Yeah, I'd say they'll probably make it two and a half. I was thinking maybe one and a half, but I could see two and a half. Well, I would uh, I would take the under in that case because I mean one of them they're Kane Kane hasn't been in there he 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 could get tired soon. Francis is a big guy; it takes a lot more blood to pump through that heart. I mean, you know, he ain't got a whole lot of air between them muscles either. He's a big old dude, so they're not going to last very long. Justin, your take on this main event? I think that uh, Francis's only chance in hell is just to get land a lucky shot when uh, Kane's coming in. I don't I don't see how this is. Can even be a competitive fight. I think Kane's gonna go in there and take him down and just beat the hell out of him like Kane does. Um, and Francis will be scared again in his next fight. I'm gonna take. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, Kane for ten units straight. Ten units on Kane. Then I'm also gonna do a parlay with Kane, Calvia, and Caceres for ten. All right, so a parlay with Cain Velasquez um, along with uh, Cynthia Calvillo. And who was the third? Caceres. And Alice Caceres. That makes things very interesting. You get plus 760 on that. Plus 760 is the turn on um, on that one. You you deserve it, though, with going with Leroy there. If if he pulls that one off, then – then you're well on your way, I think, on this one because I like your other two ends uh, of that parlay for sure. Um, but I guess uh, overall take on this card, guys, before we wrap this thing up, we're about out of here for the night. Um, what, what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, it, I don't I don't see anything on the Bellator cards that trumps the UFC card myself, but on the UFC card, definitely uh, interested in that main event. I'm definitely interested in this uh, James Vick and Paul Felder fight. And then I'll, I'll also uh, be be tuned in to see this uh, debut of Cron Gracie and Rudon our Tennessee boy Scott Holtzman and uh, Luke Sanders. Uh, closing take on uh, this UFC on ESPN One, Greg. 
Um, probably most excited about a couple of the light guys. I got you know Jimmy Ravon, uh, Jimmy Rivera, and Al Jermaine Sterling is uh, one that I'm excited to watch, and another one that I'm excited to watch one of her hometown, uh, Christina Ricker on Invicta. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice catch there. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, Christina Ricker on Friday night on UFC Fight Pass on Invicta. Uh, Justin, closing take? Uh, yeah, the two fights I'm looking forward to most are probably uh, Vic and Felder. I think that, that could be a uh, fight of the night if, if Vic comes out and you know and fights the whole way through. You might get a, a tough decision uh, for Felder. And, you know, obviously looking forward to seeing what happens with Karan. There you have it. Our preview of Bellator 215, 216, however brief it may be, as well as UFC on ESPN1. We will uh, have three full three full days this weekend of MMA, so we should have a lot to talk about next week. We'll recap uh, UFC on ESPN and the Bellator cards, as well as get some more interviews going for this Big Valor Fighting Challenge uh, 55. That is, I'm sorry, 56. It's coming up here uh, real soon here on March 1st. Cotton Eye Joe. Um, Thanks again to my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins, as always, for your time, as well as our guests. Uh, we had some good ones tonight. Chase Boutwell joined us, Nick Martino, and Chris Ricker, who's getting ready to make her Invicta debut. Good luck to her this Friday night as well. Till next week, signing out. I'm Tim Lloyd, Valor Hour. We're done. This is a Landry football with Chris Landry. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Ray Rice had the same situation happen to him, correct? No one signed Ray Rice. You know why? Ray Rice was a declining player who would have, without this issue, gotten another job in the league as a role player, as a backup. But there are plenty of other Ray Rices out there at the time that Ray Rice was at that point in his career. Plenty of guys that could fill that spot. Very fungible position. So why do you deal with the headache? Why would you deal with the PR hit and sign Ray Rice? Well, you wouldn't. But Kareem Hunt is an elite running back. I mean, one of the, in a league that has some great backs. Gurley, when healthy. Certainly not the end of this year, but certainly talented. Kamara, a lot of good backs in the leagues. You know who the top backs are. Kareem Hunt's one of them. So the production, the ability is definitely worth it. Chris Landry brings you Landry Football every week on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and, of course, RadioInfluence.com.